Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. You can reach me at the NARC Troopers website or also at my email, narc2thrive at gmail.com. That's NARC for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, the number 2, thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, at gmail.com. Today's episode is called The Narcissist Annihilated You First and Now COVID Is Preparing to Finish You. An extinction level event could be brewing for 2022. So I think it could be time for a Hail Mary. Now, how does this all come together? For the past Two and a half years, I have been fighting to get back to the business of living. After being torpedoed by my husband who has MPD and his efforts to completely destroy me at the end, I have been trying to join the ranks of the living once again. And it has been a difficult journey um, to come back, you know, when your life and everything has been burned to the ground. But I've been working on it, very much so, and with some determination and desire to not allow someone to just kill me, who should never have been handed the keys in the first place, well, when you hand them the keys, they just drive right over the cliff, and yeah, that's what they do, they drive right over the cliff. So here's the crazy part. After all of that suffering and struggling and summoning of willpower to reimagine a new, improved self, I find myself smack dab in the middle of an epic global pandemic that has no end, apparently, at least not if we continue reacting to it the way that we are. The Western world and moneyed countries broadcast a story that is far from the reality of the situation and what's really happening. You know, they minimize and discount the gravity of the situation um, quite a bit. And I think they do this for political and economic gain. And so what happens as a result when they are in denial about the long-term ramifications of such a epic global life-changing event, Um, you know, we have a virus that is smarter than us, and apparently its will to survive and adapt and all of that is also greater. It's always one step ahead, or actually two or three steps ahead. It is ingenious and crafty and clever in its ways of changing and modifying itself to address whatever, you know, ever-changing landscapes. We find a vaccine, okay, it's going to get tricky and maneuver a different direction. So that's exactly what we survivors of narcissistic abuse have been trying to do in our life after our relationship with the narcopath or the person with NPD um, 
is what I'm talking about. But this is different. I want to say this is not an infection of the heart and soul, a virus of the brain and emotions that hijacked us and held us hostage in a Stockholm syndrome kind of kind of allegiance to our abuser. You know, it 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 is. It's just very much like the virus, I guess, is what I'm trying to to say. It's very much like the the virus. Uh, it, it's, but it's different, also, because it's not just about us, really. It's about the whole world. It's not like you know, with when you're talking about the the person with NPD, that's just the people who have been unfortunate enough to be involved with them. The other virus it affects everybody indiscriminately. So this Christmas Eve, I agreed to join my family in Florida for our annual gathering.、Um, one child has to come all the way from Boston. Another one comes all the way from Amsterdam, and we come together to keep connections strong and familial bonds intact. Right? This year, this. This air travel seemed especially daunting and challenging. With packed airports, short-staffed,、um, everybody was—you know—there weren't enough people there to run things. Whether it was loading the baggage on the plane or checking you out at security, it was—it was pretty rough because they just didn't have enough people to handle the influx of all of those holiday travelers, and it was just a recipe for chaos. Um, once I got there, to where we were meeting up, I promised myself to stay away from the theme parks as much as possible, and to stay away from any kind of crowd. So no dining indoors.、Uh, try to kind of stay in the room, maybe a lounge chair in the corner of the pool, away from everybody else. That was nice. It was it was during Christmas. It was in the seventies、uh, during the day, upper seventies. So you could go to the pool, yeah, get a little sun.、Um, but anyway, I I I wanted to avoid people as much as possible, and、um, you know I just kept thinking, wow, nobody in their right mind is going to be traveling anywhere during this. But there I was, guilty. Traveling,、uh, just like all the other people, which I'm who I'm sure had、um, their reasons where they felt like they had to do that too. I wanted to see my children. I guess they wanted to see their families. But here I am now, perched precipitously on a stone wall, far from the crowds, locked away in the bushes, in the foliage, tucked in there, kind of secretively,、uh, watching hordes of people. Shoulder to shoulder, shuffling hither to and fro, with their festive holiday spirit, unabashed and undaunted. This was me during the vacation. There, there I am. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, you know, this place, this theme park, you know what I'm talking about, Walt Disney World, doesn't have just a whole lot of abundant seating. I don't think they want you to sit down. I think they want you to keep moving, and、um, 
eating things, buying things, whatever. They don't want you to just sit because they know you're tired. And if you sit, you might, you might not get up, right? You might just sit there for hours. So they don't have a lot of places to sit. When I wanted to sit somewhere, I was like clamoring up onto embankments and perching on little bits of, of dirt, you know, in a bush. You know, it was not comfortable. But I didn't want to sit on the ground, and that was the best that I could do. And, I, of course, I had my hand sanitizer, and I would just be spritzing myself and, you know, everything around me, everything that I needed to touch. Yeah, I was going crazy with the hand sanitizer spray. It's a hand sanitizer spray. Um, and so, so this Christmas Eve that has just passed Christmas Eve, 2021 Americans are hell bent determined, determined to soldier on in order to celebrate the season as if nothing's happening. Now I do admire that spirit and I've tried to adopt a similar spirit of grit and gall and bravery. These last two and a half years that I've been trying to overcome what I've been trying to overcome and um you know being I, I just wanted to be a trooper that's what we are right narcissistic abuse recovery troopers we're we're keep on going soldiering on even though we're we're going through really some rough stuff um i you know i just um you have to keep going even when you're defeated and feeling lifeless pluckiness and spunk are great attributes uh, when you're faced with adversity. But, you know, this was different, this experience that I had with the crowds. Um, and, and it's exactly this difference that I think is, is the problem. It could end up killing a lot of people, actually. So before the holiday break, you know, I had a student um, in high school ask me, and I teach juniors and seniors, they said, Miss, do you believe in COVID? Do you believe this Omicron thing is real? And at first, I just looked at them and I thought, how do you know, how do I respond to something like that? I, w I wanted to, to say, wow, that's like asking me, do I believe in oxygen or do I believe in cancer or do I believe in credit unions or just something crazy that was what was running through my head but you know i didn't respond with my sassiness which i do have to try to keep in check and 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 so you know how is that even something that you believe in or don't believe in it's just a fact COVID is just you know it's it's a, a thing it's a virus that exists in the world right now and is wreaking havoc in a plague kind of way. How could he ask me if I believe in it? Which I thought was just really strange. Um, it just exists. And so the more, the more that I read about real science and the way that all this COVID combines and flows with other mutated variants, the more I'm convinced that it may just be a matter of time until COVID 
combines with something really awful like MERS or SARS. And then, you know, those are some very lethal high death rate viruses, like 30 to 40% mortality. What if, what if COVID, if it's so adaptable and changeable, what, what if it merges with one of those with the really high death rate and it's this contagious, contagious like Omicron and stuff? Wow. What happens then? Hospitals are already overwhelmed, understaffed. People need treatment for a lot of different things, you know, car wrecks, heart attacks, strokes, and there's no place to do it. They're getting triaged and sent home. Some of them aren't making it at home. They're dying at home because there's no space in the hospital. Um, you know, people with COVID who can't breathe and need to be in the hospital are being sent home with like treatments, oxygen, whatever, because there's no space. And a lot of times that's a bad outcome. It's not working out the, the way that it should be. So I, I'm just, I'm thinking about all of this and, um, and I'm thinking, are we just ignoring this because it's too scary to think about, uh, or are we just apathetic or in denial? Seems to me that the best thing that we can do is maybe, I don't know, this is a very unpopular thing to say, but maybe lock down the whole world for three or four weeks. And then maybe it would stop COVID in its tracks and we could just reboot, get back to normal and recoup the losses of those three or four weeks really quickly instead of having it drag on. Oh, we're going to have to cancel school again dragging on oh we're losing more jobs and there's not enough people dragging on oh we got to go back in quarantine and do more testing 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 i don't understand the testing guys because okay so you get a test and it's negative the rapid tests aren't that accurate for omicron anyway so you get a negative you get exposed to it even before you get the test results back and you could be positive by the time you get your negative results. So it doesn't really mean much, does it? What are they going to do? Test us every week? Well, how are they going to keep that up? That's expensive and time consuming and inconvenient. People just aren't going to do that. So, so we definitely have a problem and, um, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of like that with our narcissists. Uh, I want to come back to that. You know, we are, uh, we, we are uh, in the back of our minds. Let me say this. We always told ourselves that this was, you know, was going to work out when we kind of had that gut feeling that it might not, but we never, we never had any clue that it was going to end as badly as it actually did. And, and that they were going to actually try to murder us metaphorically, or in some cases, maybe literally just murder us and, um, annihilate us, destroy us. And that there was never going to be any happy ever after, you know, it was all just a fantasy. So, um, it's kind of like that. I see the parallels in many different ways between COVID and the narcissist. 
um, you know, I spent years, 16 years in a fantasy bubble, bubble, hypnotized and brainwashed by my ex. You know, I was trauma bonded and addicted to him. And it was, you know, this, just this glorious technicolor extravaganza better than Disney every day. The dopamine hits flooded my brain with something that felt like heroin. But what I missed most, I think at this point, after two and a half years, is the normalcy of life that I had. And so I'm thinking, what if our recovery is getting all jumbled up with what's happening with COVID, like having to wear the mask, all this, all the hullabaloo and disagreement about vaccines, all, I mean, who knows? Who knows anything? I think it's interesting that so many people think they have it figured out. Um, I don't know how anybody could know 100% what is going on and how to stop it or what the best solution is. But I think what I miss most is the normalcy of life that I had because when he left in June of 2019, it was the following February and March that things shut down. I only had a few really rocky months there at the beginning of my, after being discarded to actually process all this, just as I was ready to get started to re-enter the world, it shut down. So of course that has exacerbated your recovery. Of course it has delayed it, complicated it, made it that much more difficult. Even if we weren't going through recovery from narcissistic abuse, Everything else that's going on with the virus and the economy, climate change, natural disasters, um, you know, banking, like all of this stuff would be enough to just, it would just be too much. It would be overwhelming anyway. And so you add our whole discombobulated self to that equation. And my gosh, we all deserve badges of bravery for just being able to wake up in the morning and survive another day because it's like that, right? Um, I thought I was going to have the freedom to live my life, you know, doing whatever I wanted, but instead everything's crumbling to pieces. And, you know, I, I feel like, um, there's so many limitations not imposed on me by well-meaning people, but limitations in the sense that, uh, things are different. They've changed, you know, uh, not just prices at the grocery store, not just the way that we work from home and do, I mean, there's so many profound ways that life has changed since COVID. I think that we're sort of in shock or denial. We're not willing to accept it yet that things aren't going back the way they were. And I could say the same thing about the narcissist. We're not ready maybe to accept it, that the past is gone and things are never going to go back to the way we thought they were. They're not. You can't recapture that. Not pre-COVID life in the world and not pre-discard when things were all fantasy bubble yummy and delicious. That's not coming back. 
the narcissist hates you now. They have such contempt for you now. They have to convince their sick brains that you are the spawn of the devil just to justify what they did to you so they can feel like the victim and the white hat riding into town to help save all the people. That's how they perceive themselves. So, of course, they have to paint you black and vilify you and demonize you and make you into a monster. They've done that, whether you know it or not. So, um, you know, the biggest challenge here may not be recovery from a traumatic relationship with a disordered person. You know, the biggest challenge here could be just what's getting ready to happen in the world around us outside of our own personal struggles. You know, um, I just see we, we keep trying to look to the past and go back and um, we use the same strategies used to regain some sense of control and, and composure when we were falling to pieces after the reality that our relationship sucker punched us. We got sucker punched. We didn't see that coming, did we? It was out of the blue. Bam. Like that person that runs the red light and hits you, you don't even see it. And before you know it, you're wrapped around a pole across the street. That happened to me once. Not not a good thing. Not a good experience. Um, you know, we must be prepared for what's coming. For this next cold slap of reality. And then rise up to be the warriors that we can be. If we survived loving a narcissist, we can survive, hopefully, anything. <laughs> you know, the whole shift and change, the whole failure of systems, the whole bumpy times that are ahead of us uh, because of what's happening, not just with COVID, but with everything. You know, even when we are overwhelmed, and feel like everything's just falling apart. We can't allow ourselves to fall apart and crumble. You know, we have to get ourselves up and put one foot in front of the next. Remember to count our blessings and show love and compassion to all human beings. And we just soldier on. We are troopers to the end. This is how we heal our hearts. And that is how we're going to survive the days ahead of us that are coming. We're going to survive the healing, recovery, reclaiming of ourselves from this nightmare narcissistic entanglement. And we are going to survive a global epic, life-changing, culture-changing, world-changing event. This is one for the history books, folks. There are huge things that are happening all around us. And we've got these two things happening at the same time. Our, our abuse trauma recovery, probably PTSD and all of that. And then you've got a crisis and chaos happening in the world on a global scale. And in the end, when we get past it to the other side of this dark time and 
dark times never last forever when we get to that other side we will be free we will be stronger we will be wiser we will be more adaptable and resilient we will have better boundaries we will understand the truth in ways we have never seen it and we will be able to self-manage and to self-advocate and to have agency over our own lives that can be our future if we stay strong stay brave accept the fact that right now things are rough and they're gonna be rough for a little while longer so we roll up our sleeves we say our prayers and let's get to work much love everybody stay safe this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker you'll find what you came for here and more so ask yourself what is it you want discover williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com